Hello and welcome back to Scarves Around the Funnel, the podcast dedicated to Heart of Midlothian Football Club and now on our landmark official 100th episode. I am Laurie Dunsire, joined as always, as I have been for the previous 99 or so episodes by Mark Donaldson. Indeed. Uh, happy 100th what? Anniversary? Birthday? Episode sounds rubbish. A uh, 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 century. Uh, I mean, it's, it's not a, an anniversary of a date, so I think it's just a, a landmark century show. I don't know. Sell it to me, Mark. Come on. Okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> because it's number 100, we have a special guest today. Mm. And um, in, instead of, of sending us a telegram, like she normally does to people celebrating their 100. We're going to be joined by Queen Elizabeth II to talk about her time when she was a young girl up at Balmoral, how she used to sneak away. And when hearts were in town at Pataudry, she would go and stand in the away end with her maroon and white scarf. And it's kind of her tales as a kind of secret jamble. So we thought we needed a special guest for our 100th anniversary episode, whatever it is. And I, I think we've, we've done all right to, 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 to get that, don't you? <laughs> yeah, well, not quite, but we, we are going to be joined by Hearts Royalty. Ah, uh, very good. Very shortly. Um, are we allowed to say his name here? I don't know. We're, we're about to be joined oh, by him. So. <laughs> we, we are. Let, let's tease it a little bit more. So th- this is something... Uh, we, we, Craig Gordon's not the easiest to pin down, right? Um, to, to get him to a time and a and He's a popular a guy. He's a popular guy, so a lot of people want to speak to him. Um, we managed to, to, to get that, and even though he was half an hour late, and we had already pre-recorded a, <laughs> most of a show uh, without him, which will never see the light of day, Robbie was great. Robbie Nielsen, kind of, here's your time, there's your date. He, he was dialed in ahead of us. Uh, Ryan McGowan was, was great. Stefan Adam as well. I have to say, this has been the hardest um, to, to pin down, because um, this, this man changed his number, so the only way I've been going back and forward with him <laughs> You're, is, because is, of you. is through, <laughs> yeah, because of me, leave me alone, is via Facebook Messenger. Now, that's not, that's not the most reliable at the best of times. Um, so I'm, I'm desperately waiting for his little icon to show up so that I know he's read the message. Yeah, I can do it. I can do it. Can you do it then? Oh, no, I'm assistant manager here and, and I'm, I'm training the, the boys. But he's a guy who I've been, I've been lucky enough to, to kind of know since his time at Hearts. I've kept in touch with him as well. But I never thought he would be someone we'd managed to get on the show. And we, we've tried and we've tried and we eventually got him for our 100th episode. And he, he's a guy who many Hearts fans um, of a certain era will remember very fondly because of... Uh, some of the goals that, that, that he's scored. And I'm delighted to say he's part of our show today. Yeah, well, here we go. I won't even, I won't even say his name. Here's a little clip. Hornby back. He didn't get to the ball. It's turned in by De Vries. And Hearts have that crucial away goal. A dreadful error in defence by Jorge. And De Vries cashes in. Still looking, I'm sure, for the chance to come forward like this. Here's De Vries. Can he get a shooting chance on? De Vries doing well. And we are delighted to be joined by Mr. Mark DeVries, who I believe is, is just 
on his way to work, are you, um, over in the Netherlands? Yep, true. Uh, I'm in the car now, uh, driving to uh, Dordrecht. That's the club I work for now, and uh, I'm, this, I'm one of the assistant coaches uh, for the for the first team. So yeah, that's my work, and uh, also have a another uh, part-time job that's like that's like a head coach of an amateur team. Okay, which I which I really like to do as well. Right, and uh, very side, it's a very satisfying job to see these young boys uh, and it's like the older boys pick up the good habits. You know, and 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 make them uh, make them better players. Well, just before we um, we went on air today, um, I'll have to call you Mark De Vries fully because I've got two marks on today. But I mentioned <laughs> to uh, Mark Donaldson. Remind me what club Mr. De Vries was at before he joined Hearts as a player. Uh, he was at Dordrecht, Laurie. <laughs> so, <laughs> so what, what do you think? I'm just going to fire straight into this, Mr. De Vries. What, what do you think for your, your coaching um, career? Do you think it might follow a, a similar pattern? Do you think Mr. Nielsen has anything to worry about? Oh, no, 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 no. Robbie, no, no, no. Don't worry. No, Robbie, I don't, <clears throat> actually uh, was, on the, was on the phone. Well, I wasn't talking to him like directly, but we were uh, on, the, on the WhatsApp. Okay. Because, uh, no... Uh, Look, of course, I want to be a coach at some point, but at the moment, I feel very, very, uh, very um, fine as, a, as an assistant. You know, um, mm-hmm. it, look, I'm not saying I was a good player. I'm just saying a good player doesn't make a good coach, right? So I've got plenty to learn, plenty to pick up. And this role as an assistant, you know, um, it's, 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 it's like I want to work at the moment. And... Uh, if there's any opportunity for me in the future, of course I will uh, think about it. Of course I will. I will. I'll probably take it as well. But uh, for the moment, Robbie has got no nothing to fear. No, 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 <laughs> no. Seriously, not. Um, I'm actually following it. Yeah, it's just uh, seeing seeing him the first time becoming the coach. You know, uh, made me feel a, a bit proud as well because this is the guy. This is the guy I played with. You know, and. Um, See a lot of players out of that Hearts team uh, have have, um, have followed a career as a coach or assistant coach or you know uh, so so uh, everybody goes their their way but uh, I think we have uh, we had like or we have uh, a very that squad we were in uh, mature squad at the moment uh, at that time and at the yeah. moment everybody is taking their responsibility and, and keeps working in the game and and, and uh, finding a, a career in, in football did you think um, did Robbie show signs that uh, he might be a coach in the future even back then he was obviously he was obviously quite young when you were uh, first at hearts but did he have something about him that suggested he might go into that side of things well, the first thing I would say about Robbie is he was strong-minded, right? Not 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 stubborn, but you know he knew what he wanted. I mean, I have to go back like uh, 15 years ago now, uh, maybe 50, 60 years ago. But um, I think he he was like very, very, very um, level level-headed, and I think you need to have uh, a clear mind of what you want to do. You know, uh, he made steps in his career. Uh, he was he was certain about. So I think if you if you have got a, a level-headed mind, you're on a you're on a um, can I say this? You're you're on a on the right path to start with. Yeah. And uh, he's very 
pretty stable person. At, uh, that, that, that when I met him, uh, I always spoke to him, and he, uh, he always come to me and help me with things uh, I needed done or gave me advice, even if even if I was a little bit older than than he was, because. I mean, he's from Scotland and I was from Holland, you know, and I think I had a good relationship with him. Um, but did he show signs? I'm not sure because I don't think I showed signs when I was younger as well. I just picked it up and I just fell in love with it, you know, and mm -hmm. he might he might have done the same. I think if, if you love football and if you want to be on the pitch, you know, this is the second best thing to go to, to playing yourself. Uh, I just went on the pitch because somebody needed my help and within like 35 minutes I thought hey this is something I might I might I might be interested in and I've never left the pitch uh, for the last seven years Mark your scoring records at both Dordrecht and and Hearts are, are pretty similar games played to to goals scored but how did the move come about how did Craig Levine first find out about you, which scout was it, and, and how did the move then transpire? Um, I think this was, um, well, actually, I, I, I'm actually pretty sure about it. Uh, <laughs> um, the first time uh, Craig the Gaffer came to watch me was a game between uh, Dordrecht at home and Telstar. And I'm, I'm actually driving past uh, Telstar now. <laughs> yeah, the Oster is in uh, is in Eimuiden. That's uh, it's like uh, 20, 20 minutes away from Alkmaar and twenty minutes underneath Amsterdam. So that's Eimuiden. So I'm driving past there now. Um, so that was the first game I knew he was coming to look at me. But before that, uh, we had two more games. Uh, one against Eindhoven. I think uh, John. John um, his nickname was Swerve. I forgot his surname. Swerve. John, John Harvey. Swerve. John, John Harvey, Harvey with the yeah. moustache. Yeah, lovely guy. I yeah, I think he came to watch me as well with, I think, uh, alongside Peter Houston. Mm -hmm. uh, so they came together. And then uh, John Murray came to watch me as well. Uh, and then the third time, Craig Levine, he came, he, uh, he came himself and then he spoke to my agent and I met him after the game. It was actually a pretty rotten game because I scored an own goal, I think, or, a, or <laughs> I made I made a mistake where where somebody else could score a goal, and then I remember I thought, oh my God, now I need to put this straight. So just worked, 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 managed to score an equalizer, and then I work, uh, then 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 spoke to the gaffer after the game, and then I, then I knew I was going to go to Scotland. Uh, so this is how it came about. But then between me coming to watch uh, the club and, and that last game I spoke to Greg, um, uh, there was this guy from Germany. Uh, he's an old international player, Stefan Kunz. And he was the head coach at Karlsruhe. And he knew I, was, I, I had spoken to, uh, to Greg. And then uh, he invited me to Germany. I went there. And then um, I had a good feeling about it, but I had a really good talk with Craig Levine as well. Then they invited me to the game. Uh, no, they invited me to the club on, I think on a Wednesday morning, I flew with the first flight. They picked me up, they showed me around. And then I, I actually remember like vividly, like um, 
they showed me the, the, the dressing room and they, and they walked me outside into the, uh, into the park. And then I saw like uh, blood doesn't show a maroon. I didn't understand what it, what it meant at first. And so I asked what it meant because I didn't know what the word maroon was. So, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, uh, then they explained to me and I, I thought it was very, very like, um, yeah, very good that it was. And then I came onto the pitch and I just, I said, no, this is what I'm going to play. And I told it to my agent, I said, listen, this is what I'm going to play. Um, we need to speak, uh, we need to speak to Stefan, Stefan Kunz, because I need to tell him personally, I'm not coming. And that's how it just, how it just started for me. The, soon, the, the, the moment I walked onto the pitch, I knew I was going to play for Arts. I knew I, I, it, it wouldn't be anything else. It couldn't be anything else. Did you know much about Hearts or Scottish football before the interest came in? Actually, I was like, uh, maybe you know these names, uh, Robbie Matei and uh, Luke Nyholt. Maybe you know the names. Yeah, he was at Motherwell, Luke Nyholt. Yes, yes, yes. And also Elroy Kromir was also there. Mm-hmm. No, well, so Luke played the right back, uh, right fullback at Volendam. And I was just coming through the ranks there. And uh, Luke saw something in me. And he said, you're a typical English, English Scottish striker. I said, how, 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 how do you mean that? He said, uh, I'm going I'm, I'm to teach you a trick. He said, every time I get the ball, <laughs> every time I get the ball, uh, just, just, just move over on that side and I'll just chip it into your chest or chip it into your feet. I said, okay, so... Uh, Luke Niles was one of the first persons who, who saw me as a, as a target man. And then uh, he introduced me to, to this. So I started, I started understanding what he wanted from me. Instead of me run, run, running to the goal, first I had to help the team out to keep the ball up and then play from that position, then play on. So once I got to know that, uh, I understood my, well, Destiny is a big word, but my future would be in English or, or in, in Britain to play football. To answer your question, did I know a lot about hearts? No. Uh, of course, I went to the internet to watch some, some stuff, and then I came on this name, Ricardo Fuller. <laughs> yeah, and then uh, I actually saw him score a goal. I think it was against Motherwell. Yeah, that goal. Well, that yeah. goal, you know. So I saw him score that goal. That's... Basically, that was the only thing I knew about Hearts at that moment. So uh, <laughs> it's not usually yeah. like that. We don't. <laughs> no, <laughs> I need to be honest, right? I need to be honest. So that, that's that's it. I didn't know. Uh, I didn't really know anything about it uh, about no, the club. But then afterwards, you know, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I know a little bit more now. It's also and always very important, Mark, to as a new signing start well at a football yeah. club. Um, (laughs) Hearts had an overseas tour um, to to begin that season, uh, 2002-2003, when you joined and you were a sub. Uh, Your first game was at Dundee and you came on for for Gary Wales. And and in those 21 minutes that you played, um, nothing much really happened. So there there was no sign of things to come. When you were named in the starting lineup to face Hibernian, before yep. we all know what happened in the game, and we'll get to that. But before we talk about that, 
what had you been told and who told you about what an Edinburgh derby against Hibernian meant to Hearts supporters? The first thing I, hear, I, I heard about the derby was on the day I arrived at Scotland, in Scotland. I arrived on a Sunday morning, I think, and it was the day of the World Cup final with Ronaldo, the, the real Ronaldo. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we were just in the pub, right? We were in the pub because it was my agent and my best friend, Chima. Uh, we were in the pub. We were watching that, that game. So that was my first introduction to, to Scottish uh, beer or lager or how you want to call it. <laughs> uh, so, uh, uh, so, so, so um, we were watching a game and people started recognizing me already. And they, they started like, uh, talking about, about, about me coming to Hearts and me having to score goals in a certain game and uh, me having to do this and to do that and all that kind of stuff. So the pressure was on from day one. So that, yeah, from day one, the pressure was, was on. And I'll tell you later on what that pressure made me do. And then, uh, <laughs> <laughs> so so you've, you've kind of been told that, that a Hebs game means, means a Everything. lot to you. Yeah. 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 Well, there you go. Everything. So you already know um, yeah. what it means to you. The night before that game, when, when, just before you went to sleep, everyone yeah. kind of dreams about scoring on their home debut, how good that would be. What? Can you remember what you dreamt of? I don't think I can remember what I dreamt of. I don't even <laughs> think I can remember what I've been doing uh, between uh, between one and eight in the morning. I don't. I'm I'm, I'm not sure. <laughs> I think I was like, well, of course you know the story. But um, look, um, we were training, and, and you were talking about the preseason tour, and I think it was in Finland, right? Yep, Finland. We were there, right? Okay, so. You have to imagine like people on the streets like like start to recognize you and that's the first time i'm 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 in this situation so uh, people start pulling your your shirt and, uh, hey the fish you need to score goals against those green green people <laughs> so you know so is that so, what they said people yeah yeah people yeah so 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 for me for me it was like okay you know it's a game it's a game but then the hype just it just was being made and it was built up it was built up and of course, I mean, I was 25 or 26 at the time and it was very enjoying, but also a bit nerve-wracking. So the thing I've done before the game, I just bought like a couple of six-packs like Budweiser because I was drinking Budweiser. Before the game? And before the game, yeah. Just, <laughs> just, I mean, I can, I, can, I can tell it now, but after, <laughs> after two and a half years, the gaffer must have known I've, 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 I've done some drinking. <laughs> uh, but uh, <laughs> uh, it was just stupid, but it helped me a lot because it made me it made me forget it made me it made me forget all that pressure before the game. You know, I was in the house, I was all by myself, had a couple of beers, and uh, <laughs> yeah. Then then uh, then I woke up the next morning, and you know, <laughs> well, every, was... every, yeah, <laughs> I I knew uh, I remember I was like on my knees crawling through the kitchen. <laughs> to find a way to my bedroom and then uh, just, just, I just, uh, I don't know how I got into bed, but I somehow managed to get into bed and then, you know, just walked on the park and scored four. That was it. Imagine how many <laughs> goals, you, imagine how many goals you could have scored if you'd been sober. Well, I'm not sure about that one because we tried both, uh, we tried both, tried, tried not drinking, tried drinking as well. So, 
now I mean this is just stupid. I, I mean, of course I shouldn't have done that, but uh, you know, hey, it worked. Just, yeah, it worked. <laughs> but you should. I'm, I mean, I'm I'm a professional, and I've had one of those one of those evenings as well where I totally forgot that we were playing on a Saturday uh, instead of a Sunday. You know, it, I mean, I mean, it's no excuse. I'm I mean, I'm 45 now. No, it's just I'm I'm 45 now, so I can tell these things, but. I mean, of course, it's it's not professional if you if you if you if you uh, how can I say this if you if you forget the day you need to play, that, that's stupid. How, how many times how many times did this happen before games? No, serious. Honestly, this happened once. This happened once, and uh, I can even tell you what game it was. Uh, I think it was Partick Thistle away, and Partick Thistle at, at that point hadn't won a game uh, uh, until they played us. I think they beat us one 0 I think this was the game the gaffer just smashed his hand into the wall he broke his hand on, on, on several places and then uh, i had to i had to come in on monday because somebody had re- had written a letter or, or called the gaffer that i was out on a thursday night uh drinking and smoking as well very un- serious very unprofessional but um yeah he uh he made me come in on a monday and then uh he gave me uh Gave me a bollocky, a good one because I I understood uh, I understood everything he said and really felt sorry because I really I really made a mistake uh, with that game and then yeah yeah well uh, <laughs> me just telling this story I feel I feel I feel stupid because I was young and 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 well not reckless but this was just stupid this was this wasn't professional not professional Mark, at all yeah you 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 find me anyone who was younger that didn't make a mistake and I'll find you a liar because they don't exist. There was obviously a re there was a reason that you did that. There's a reason that we all did things and then regretted them later. Um, But for certain people, I mean, when I, when I grew up, I watched a lot of snooker and there was a Canadian snooker player called Bill Webernuke who, who only played his best when he was drunk. He was on vodkas and beer. There were darts players that were the same because it calmed them down. Is that yeah. what alcohol prior to the Hibs game did for you? Did it calm you down? Did it soothe those nerves? I'm not, I'm not sure if I... I mean, look, first of all, I don't have a problem with drinking, so let's clear that one straight away. <laughs> no, it, look, at that moment, at that time, I was in the house by myself. I had beer in the fridge. I had a couple of beers. And then it just... I mean, it just happened in that way. I mean, I wasn't drunk when I woke up. Of course, of course, there must have been alcohol in my, in my blood, of course. But I wasn't drunk when I woke up. Uh, I, I wasn't. I was like stinking of alcohol when I woke up. I mean, I just had too much. I mean, three beers is, is too much. Let's say I had ten. Just you know, for the for the story or, or for the or the whole whatever. It wasn't good. It wasn't. It wasn't. It wasn't smart. But that that evening, Budweiser was my best friend. Uh, <laughs> well, um. Mark, I, I, I think we'll let you off, given what happened. Yeah, and thank you, thank you. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just pleased that the good old Dutch word bollocking is still, is still getting used. Um, <laughs> one oh, the, um, <laughs> Can I use uh, this on your on radio? Can I use? Oh this yes, on, of not? course. Oh, okay. okay. By, by the way, if, if if you don't give us a, at least one f bomb between oh. now and and the the, the the rest of the conversation, <laughs> we'll, we'll be we'll be disappointed. 
Okay, let's just have a quick listen back then to the goals from um, the game that we're all talking about. Here's a chance for Andy Kirk. He's through and sent to the net. Andy Kirk opens the scoring at Tynecastle. Valwa, still Valwa. What can he do now? Chips it forward. It's onside against De Vries. It's a shot. What a goal! Hans got two to up. Mike De Vries on his home debut. The ball into the net. Hans two. Hebs now. Here's a chance for Valwa inside. Nina goes for the shot. It's blocked. De Vries. 3-1. Mike De Vries in a double. Valwa sets it up. Kick blocks it. Again, question marks over the Hebs defence. They could not compete with Mark De Vries, the Dutchman at the double. Hearts three, Hibbs one. It's McMullen down the left, he's got Severin through the middle, and he's got a great pass. He spots Mark De Vries, good touch, a good turn. De Vries, hat-trick! Mark De Vries, a hat-trick on his derby debut! Gary Wales into the area, De Vries, no, surely not. De Vries into the area, knocked it down! Four goals for Mike De Vries! This is incredible! He scores with his head now! Mike De Vries gets four goals! Okay, Mark, so let's um let's let's have a look back at the the game. So Andy yeah. Kirk obviously gave Hearts a lead in the 18th minute. Almost almost an assist for you, but I'm not quite sure your hair was long enough to to get in touch <laughs> on that one. Um, I was but, I was still discussing this one with people. You still you you're gonna still try and claim yeah. or does surely oh, that's I'm not, auntie's, no, 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 auntie's no, no, no. assist? I, I am not claiming this one. I am not claiming this one. <laughs> and then five minutes left of the half, Jean-Louis Vawa clips a ball over the Hibs defence and um yeah. talk us through the goal. This is your this is obviously your first hearts goal and it's uh it's a it's a pretty good strike, I can say. Yeah. It's just um you get a chance like that, uh, and the best thing is to like don't think and just do just do it. Because normally the first the first thought is the best, so I just thought, take it down, put it in, take it down, put it, in. and and it just it just goes that quick. If I would have taken a, a, another touch, I wouldn't have scored that goal. I'm 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 pretty sure of that. So instinctive, instinctive, yeah. That's what I'm trying to teach the kids now as well. You know, even the players who are uh, at as well, strikers. Just I'm just trying to get them into into habits like. Uh, sometimes when you come into the 16-yard box or 18-yard box, you have like half a second more. So if you can take it, take that one, take it. But 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 uh, it has to be instinctive. As soon as you start thinking too much, no chance. Okay, let's 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 yeah. talk instinct. Your celebration was your celebration something you'd already done at Door Direct, or was it just instinctive and something different? Instinctive, I think. Uh, People, people. Uh, at some at, at some point, I must have picked up something from Alan Shearer or something. I'm not sure because <laughs> I no people. The, the people told it to, told me that like when I scored, I just put my right hand up and I started running. Alan Shearer did the same. Mm-hmm. So well, I did. It, well, of, of course, I'm not going to compare myself to Alan Shearer. Nowhere, no, no way, no way, uh, nowhere close to him. But. I just picked it up. I think I like the celebration, so I must have I must have picked that one up because. Yeah, I, like I think it, I Robo think. Robo tended to just do that as well, didn't they? One hand in the air. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I mean, some people do just crazy stuff. I, I don't <laughs> want to do crazy. I, I, I mean, no, score a goal, be happy, be proud of it, <laughs> and then just mm-hmm. run back to the halfway line and and try to do it again. Well, you're two 0 up at half time. 
Can you remember yeah. what Craig Levine said? Did he want you to go for more? Did he want you to keep it tight? Um, you'd scored, so you're obviously still buzzing. What do you remember of what he said to you in your first halftime team talk at Tynecastle? That's a hard question. I think I think he said something like, uh, "Okay, now we got them where we want them," because I, I, I remember him speaking to me on on the, on the Finland trip as well about about the game already. Uh, but I think he said something. Okay, now 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 we got them where we want them, and uh, now we need to keep them there. So just keep battling them, and and and, and just 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 keep going. Uh, it must have been something in those lines, you know, because he didn't have to. Put any, put any uh, incentive uh, uh, out there for us because we were, we were like, like, uh, uh, how can I say this? Like, that we were like, like, how can I say this? Uh, like a troop uh, looking for prey, you know? Yep. Uh, yeah. Just, Men just, possessed. Just like that. Yeah, I think so. I, I mean, and I felt that for the, all the time I've been at Hearts, like we were always a team from day one. We have been a team, you know, and and that was really something to be proud of, you know, uh, being a hearts player, but also belonging to the hearts team. Beautiful. When, beautiful when Ian Murray got a goal back, it, it, I remember speaking to Ian about this, um, yeah. and he felt he felt they had a chance because they had yeah. the momentum, um, but ultimately, I think they had a, they had another opportunity um, before yeah. you got the third goal, but they yeah. they didn't take it. Now, the interesting yep. thing about the, the third goal was that Jean-Louis Valois' shot was saved and you followed it up. Now, before you talk us about the second goal that you scored, Hearts third, people yep. forget as well, that was Jean-Louis Valois' second game for Hearts as well because you two joined at, at the same time and he'd go yep. on to play a big part in your Hearts career, wouldn't he? Oh, definitely. Uh, <laughs> funny enough, I spoke to him about two months ago. On WhatsApp or Instagram or something, we just uh, had a small conversation. Um, no, of course. Um, I mean, Jean Louis uh, is probably uh, one of the most underrated players I've played with. You know, uh, that guy. If, if you would see him in training, even when you see, I think, I think when he when he flicks the ball to me, right for the first goal. If you have a look at his feet, it's with the left. Outside, uh, it's with the outside of his left foot. Mm -hmm. You know, it's just and and it, and it, it, he just finds me on, on my chest. You know, it's just uh, I didn't even have to move for that ball. You know, and 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 if if he, if you if you would see Shallowy in training, absolutely magnificent, absolutely magnificent player, and a very nice person as well. Very very uh, very humble person. Good guy. So going into injury time, three one, ninety first minute, Hearts counter attack. Uh, young Paul McMullen down the left yeah. into yourself, and um, despite it being your your first start in injury time, um, yeah. you showed a fair a fair amount of composure to to seal your hat trick. Yeah, well, i i had to uh, I had to go around. Um, I, excuse me for not, not, not for not remembering his name. If you no, would, if you would say his name, I would. I would. I would know. So I had to play around him, and then I knew Sefi was on my left hand side, but also saw uh, Tony K uh, uh, coming out of his goal. He was already lying mm -hmm. on the floor before I even. Well, in my imagination now, right? He was already lying on the floor before I even <laughs> tried thinking about his shot. So I just had to dink it over him with the left foot. 
And that was added time. So surely you were thinking, game done, hatchet complete. Yeah. Surely that's enough. You can go home to your Budweiser happy. But um, 93rd minute, you win a flick on out to Gary Wales. Yeah. Still, you've got the energy to follow up with a run into the box. And Gary Wales actually does very well, floats into the back post. Yeah. So... Um, where where are you finding this energy from? You know, you've you've only just joined. You've you didn't really have much of a preseason with Hearts, but ninety third minute was it just the adrenaline was carrying you on? It must have been. It must have been because I think when you watch the video, I think around the sixty fifth or sixty of or seventy minute, I I'm at I'm at the I'm at the byline. Uh, no, I'm at the yeah, at the byline at our own goal, and then I feel like cramp coming up in both calves, right? Both calves. And the gaffer just says, big man, just stay up front. Just stay up front. <laughs> so I'm just there like, I, I thought I couldn't move, but I think maybe the four or five minutes not running, it just, just, just gave me the energy to, to finish the game. Because I couldn't, I couldn't really move anymore, but then it must have been the adrenaline and it must have been the sheer excitement of, 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 of uh, winning this game. Because after that happened to you, after the hour mark, Hearts had already made two changes. Paul McMullen for Stefan Mahe, and before yeah. that, Kevin Twaddle for, for Stephen Simmons. So when the third change came with Gary Wales coming on for Andy Kirk, obviously things must have been better by then. Otherwise, we might not even be talking about um, the Mark de Vries four goals on his, on his Derby debut. So I, I want to I, I take you forward to after the game. Yeah. And there are, I, I'm not sure if there's ever been a player who scored four goals and not won the man of the match. Yeah, <laughs> I was going to come to that one. Yeah. So, who was, who was, who was, uh, San, who was Sandy Clark? For that one? Sandy Clark. Thank Sa you, Sandy. Sa Sandy Clark. Now, tell me what you told me um, in a message about a certain blind singer that you thought might be responsible <laughs> for picking the man of the match award. <laughs> was, it, was it Stevie? Stevie Wonder. Stevie Clark. <laughs> yeah, Stevie Clark. <laughs> you messaged no. me and you said, did, did Stevie Wonder pick the Man of the Match award? Yeah, it must have been. It must have. No, I, I mean, of course, after 90 minutes, you have to pick up a, a Man of the Match. And, and for me also, I, I would have said, uh, I would have said, I probably would have said uh, Jean-Louis as well. But then, you know, in, in injury time, two, two more goals. Who would imagine that? I don't think Sandy would, but <laughs> no, it's just, it's just, it's funny. It's funny. Um, I got a, um, a bottle of champagne with the, with the minutes on the, on the, that, 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 that is a sticker on it. Uh, man of the match, uh, of, no player of the month or man of the match. I don't know that, but, um, it says the minutes of the games, uh, the, it says it gives the minutes of the goals as well. Mm -hmm. And then uh, they gave me, uh, I think, the Royal um, Royal Bank of Scotland gave me gave me uh, uh, the man of the match anyway. Maybe it was a good thing that Jean-Louis Valois, a proud Frenchman, got the champagne, given the fact you probably had enough alcohol that weekend. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, because I still got that bottle here. I still got it in Holland and uh, I, I will never open it because I think... Uh, one day, it might be worth some money for a good charity. I think it's uh, it's still in the bottle. So uh, no, no, no. I'm not I'm not drinking that. No way. 
before we move on to some other games, just quickly, what was the reaction like after the game? Did you, uh, you must have been getting um, even more uh, glances and even more people approaching you in Edinburgh, maybe from both sides, I don't know. No, it was, it was, it was strange because after the game, I went home. So I just, I, I, um, well, you, you all know Tyne Castle. So I came out of the dressing room. Uh, I think I went to see Louise because Louise was, uh, was at, the, uh, at the front door. I think I said bye to her, and, I, and my car was like really close to the to the to the exit. So I jumped in my car and I drove home. So I didn't really see much people. Then I drove home, and then when I sat at home, or when I sat home, sat at home, uh, my agent called me. So I spoke to my agent, and uh, I think something went went off in Holland because I was bombarded with like text messages because in that time we didn't have uh, we didn't have WhatsApp yet. So I was bombarded with text messages from everywhere, just everywhere. People I, had to, I, I hadn't spoken to for years and they're just sending me messages, 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 messages. It was unbelievable. So then still, I didn't know what was going on. Uh, I never got out that night. Well, I got out, but I didn't go into town or something. I went to Ellen um, Mabry's birthday party. That's what I went, but uh, it was just crazy. It was a Monday morning, that, like it was just crazy. Crazy. I think I think there were people outside my house outside my house as well. Is that the story you told me about the taxi driver <laughs> thinking it was you, but it wasn't? Yep. But then it was. Yep, 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 yep. That's the one. That's the one. Can you repeat that for <laughs> for all our um, for our, uh, our listeners? Well, of course. Like, so uh, the game was finished. Went home, and then uh, Ellen Mabry, I think. Ellen's birthday is at the 8th of August. The game was at the 11th of August, I think. And then um, I had to, uh, I had to come, I, I had to go to uh, Ellen's, Ellen's party. Just a, just a small get together because I, I, I don't think there were a, a lot of people. It must have been like 10, maybe 12 players with wives and kids and all that stuff and, and um, some friends out of, out, out of football. So um, I called for the cap because I didn't know where to go. Called for the cap, and then of course this guy just uh, pulls up in front of the in front of the house. Uh, so I just get in, and I'll, I I gave him I must have gave him the address already through the phone or something. So he uh, um, just starts driving, and then uh, I see him looking in, into his mirror, and I see him looking at it. And then he just asked me the question like like Are you are you are you the one I think you are? <laughs> So I'm not, I'm not, I'm not even thinking about the game anymore. I, I'm just, I'm, I'm yeah. so he says, uh, he says that, then I says, oh, I don't know. So he says, are you, are you, are you the hearts player? Then I just start laughing. I said, I said, yeah. And then uh, he said, oh, that's just my luck. He said, I said, why? He said, I'm a hippie. <laughs> and, and then <laughs> I said, oh, so I just, I was, I was. I think I started apologizing and all that stuff. Oh, no, they were playing good, but they were <laughs> unlucky this day. And, you know, maybe next time. So I'm, I'm having this conversation with this guy, right? And uh, I think about 10, 15 minutes later, uh, we arrive at Ellen Mabry's uh, uh, house. And then, uh, uh, then all the boys are standing outside because it's a beautiful day, right? Well, it's, oh, it was a beautiful day, but it was like uh, the boys were standing outside. And then so Ellen Mabry's outside, I think... Um, uh, Kevin McKenna, 
uh, Andy Kirk, um, I'm not sure, but, but all the boys were outside, right? And then the guy just pulls up and he says, oh my God, this is just my day. And because all, all the players were outside. So now he knew it was definitely me. And he was, and he was like, well, he was coming to uh, the, the, a party where we're going to celebrate the win for his team. So the boys were good. The boys just, uh, well, uh, then he got out of the, uh, the uh, he got out of the cab, spoke to us for about five or ten minutes, and we gave him some stick. Of course, we had to do that. The, the boys were good because I wasn't, I wasn't, uh, I wasn't as good at it. I wasn't as good at, at it at the time. But then uh, the, the boys had some banter with him, and then uh, he just uh, uh, he just went home uh, with the with the, with the, yeah. Bad feeling, I think. What about the Hibs games that season, Mark? Because they just got more and more bizarre. You're, you're four goals, and then Hearts weren't very good at Easter Road, but somehow managed to turn things around with late goals from McKenna and Stamp. And then yep. the 4-4. Yeah, yeah. I I didn't play at the, at the 2-1 game that we beat them on uh, Easter That's Road. That's right. I, wasn't, I yes. wasn't playing. I was injured. And then uh, we had the 4-4 game. That was ridiculous as well. Uh, that was a crazy game. I think we were 2-0 we were down. Uh, then we came back to 2-2. Yep. And then they went up to 4-2. And then we scored yep. two goals in injury time again. Like uh, <laughs> Graham Weir. Yes. Yeah, Weir, he just scored two out of nowhere. That, that was a great comeback. Because I, uh, later on, people told me, we were already outside of the stadium and, and then we heard cheers and then, you know, they say that it was the biggest mistake they ever made to leave the stadium before the, the, before the end of the game. Yeah, I was going to say, Mark, because um, <clears throat> obviously, Graham, we are stole the headlines for the New Year Day game in 2003, 4-4. Yeah. Um, but watching it back again, um, so 4-2 down 91st minute. Now, you set up both of Graham Weir's goals and if you see when he makes it 4-3, the stands yeah. are obviously half empty. Um, yeah. You're the one who rushes into the net. You grab the ball. You take it back to the halfway line. Yeah. Did, yeah. did you realize that it was the 94th minute at that point? Because the way Hibs kicked off, I think they thought that was full time. I think they thought they'd already won it. Yeah. I, and, I mean, it, it, okay, it was me who picked the ball up. But somebody else could have done it. But I picked it up and I just ran back. Because there's something about that team... And that was also with the Late Late Show, I think, the, the, the DVD. I think they made a point of it. <laughs> we were never beaten until the, last, uh, until the last whistle of the game. So, you know, and then, then, then of course, they had to take the... the how, can, how, how do you call this? Well, they, 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 took, they took the restart. And yeah, they, they took the restart. And, just, and they, they, just, and they just booted it. Yeah, that was stupid. He just booted <laughs> it. Oh, he just booted it up front. Nowhere yeah. there. No way, nobody there. I think they made a foul there, and then yeah. Alan Mabry was was angry. He just he just took the ball and they just threw it back to Antti Nemi. I think uh, I'm not sure. Or Roddy McKenzie. I'm not sure if if Antti was there still. Yeah, Roddy, Roddy, uh, Roddy was in goal that day. Yeah, and then Roddy just put it up front, and then um, I remember I let the ball bounce once yeah. or twice. I came to uh, I, I put my body between me and the player player in me and then I just let it uh, I let it pass me and then just before it it, it, it would go out 
I put it back in into the box, yeah. and then Weary just Weary just put it to put it in the back of the net. Loved it, by the way. <laughs> 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 yeah, great Weary. What a guy. So that campaign, it. that campaign, you got 15 goals on the league, helped Hearts yeah. to third place. Um, what made that team so effective? You, you said that you were a really good sort of team unit. What, what yeah. made that team so successful that season? Well, I, I mean, uh, I came from Holland. Uh, there, were, there were the guys who, who helped me out. Like, I, I, I already mentioned uh, Robbie, our... Andy was always uh, helping me out. Uh, Stephen Presley, Elvis was always, was always like, yeah, like, like uh, helping me. Everybody was helping me, like to settle in, right? And then after two, three months, they saw, okay, the big man is, you know, he's he's doing his stuff, you know, and 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 he's okay. But there was always, always somebody who was like, actually, Mark, are you okay? Are you uh, are you coming out? Are you you know? Well, not coming out to go out, but just, are you coming for dinner? Are you coming for lunch? You know, there was always somebody who was reaching out to me. So um, I made some good friends, you know, and, and um, we were always together. If I would go for lunch, I would never be alone. Never. It would be, it would be Alan Mabry would be there or uh, Kevin McKenna would be there or Andy Kirk would be there, Gary Wills. It, does, it, it didn't really matter. That would be, there would be always like three or four guys of the team. Sean and we would be there. It didn't, it didn't matter. We were always together, always. And then, you know, that was like one of the, one of the ingredients of, 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 of being that team uh, in that season. And I must, I must say as well, the Gaffer was really good at it as well. Um, you know, uh, Peter Houston. Uh, Peter Houston and Craig Levine were like, like very, very, uh, very dominant in my, uh, well, dominant, very, very um, aware of me being very, uh, very aware of me being alone in a different country, being okay. a father, a young father, and and they just they just knew when I had to go home, when I I needed to speak for even for five or ten minutes. You know, they <laughs> they knew. Uh, I'm an open book, right? If I if I feel down, I feel down, and you and you and you, and you can read it from my face, and I and they must have read it, and every time they read it, they came up to me and said, "Mark, are you okay?" We need a couple of days off, or we need to go home for a couple of, you know. And it, um, I don't mean like five or six days. No, they do. They would give me off on a, on a, after the Monday session. I could go home on a on a Tuesday, come home on a Wednesday night or a Thursday morning, and that will be enough for me. That will be enough. So, I mean, I don't. I'm not sure if, if, if they would listen this, but if they listen, I would say like thank you for for being there for me at that time because I needed you. Yeah, I needed them. And then and they and they were there for me every time I had I, I needed them always. Mark, I want to take you back to March where um, yeah. I messaged you just to get some thoughts from you to use in a scarves around the funnel podcast that we were doing on the five one game and, and that's when you first told me the story about the taxi driver. Um, yeah. I also I asked you a question um, back then, um, which the answer kind of surprised me about your your best memory. Um, as a Hearts player, and you, you didn't say any of the, the goals against Hibs, but this is where we transition into your second season at the football club. You said yeah. your best memory at Hearts was Zelyeznica in the UEFA yeah. Cup. That was your first European game and your first European goal. What do you remember about that? Wow. Well, um, 
I remember that I thought after the game that I thought, Mark, why are you so, why are you so, um, uh, well, I didn't have a low self-esteem or, uh, but I didn't think highly of myself, right? I didn't think highly of myself, but then I scored my first goal on, uh, on the European level. That's when I thought, okay, De Vries, now, now you can be, be like, uh, 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 no, um, how can I say this? Um, now, if you still think you're not a good player, if you still think that, this is the time to, to, to uh, leave those thoughts. Because if you score goals on a European level, nobody will take that away from you, right? Uh, even, even if you play against a team like a smaller team or, or whatever, I mean, people say, yeah, but he's playing in Scotland and he's playing UEFA Cup, but it was against Celestica or whatever. But this was a European goal. This was a European game. Uh, I knew this meant something. I knew this, this was important for me as a player. And I knew it was, it was picking me up out of a, a position where I thought, yeah, I can play some football, but am I really good? You know, I'm average. That's what, that was what I was thinking. I'm average. Did, did it make you feel like you belonged? It made me feel that I was getting into a position now uh, where, where people were not uh, able to say, oh, it's luck or it's just this. No. I was I was making a name for myself at that time. I think, yeah, mm -hmm. that's what I. Yeah, that's 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 my that's my opinion. That's my opinion. I, I think I was making a name. You know, the first year, every, everybody would say, "Yeah, it's his first year. He's just uh, he's just thriving on his goals, and you know, everybody's uh, everybody's happy for him." So, um, but then the second year, I think it was the hardest year. I I think I scored less goals, but I think that was more predominantly uh, in games. Paul Hartley plays it up for McKenna! Hearts have scored! Mark De Vries gets the final touch after Kevin McKenna's header came back off the inside of the post. Just what the Hearts supporters wanted. The second season started well. You scored against Aberdeen on the opening day. You scored yeah. against Dundee United. You got two away to Kilmarnock. Then that first European goal against Zelyesnika. You then yeah. scored against Partick and Falkirk. So you, the second season, the harder season, you, you've done well. Then Bordeaux, away from home, 4,500 Hearts fans there. Yeah. And a very defensive setup. We've seen yeah. Craig Levine subsequently go 4-6-0 for Scotland. That game, he went six in midfield, or 3-3-3-1, three, 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 as you as the lone striker, and you got the goal. What do you remember yeah. about Bordeaux? Bordeaux, um, I played in France one season, and I actually knew one of the players for Bordeaux, Fain Um It was very special for me to be in France and to play against him and, and, and score a goal. Um, also, um, the, whole, the whole trip was good, and then the game, do, do you remember that that uh, one of the players was uh, Pochettino? Do you remember yes. that? Yes. Yeah, <laughs> I, commenta I commentated yeah. on the game. And, I mean, look, they had a lot of chances. And to be honest, most of, it's funny because we we're going to talk to you about the, the strike partners. And you've mentioned Gary Wales. You've mentioned yeah. all the others that played alongside you. In, in that game, I remember commentating and, and basically saying you're so isolated there. They need to try and do more to get Mark into the, 
into the game because guys like Pochettino and, and others in that center, they were, they were a really good side and you didn't get much of the ball, did you? Well, I just, I just headed the ball uh, forward and just chased it myself. <laughs> you know, just, <laughs> I just helped it on and, 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 and tried to chase it as well. I think, I think Phil Stemp was playing and I thought he was like, it felt like he was the only one coming close because it was like, yeah. Um, but then when we got the goal, yeah, it was just enormous, enormous, uh, enormous achievement for uh, for us as a team as well. Because their side contained Jean-Claude Darcheville. Uh, Darcheville, yeah. Yeah, Marouane Schemack, Flying yeah. Duno. The kid that came on in the first leg, Albert Riera, scored that stunning goal. Oh, my uh, God. In, yeah. in the return line. Do you know what, Mark? It's, it's funny because Albert went on to play for Liverpool and we had Craig Gordon on this podcast and he said if there was one, yeah. one chance at a save he would like to make again, he feels he could have done better for that shot. That shot yeah. looked unstoppable. Well, if Craig says it, I think, I think, he, he, uh, I think he's right because it, it looked unstoppable but if, 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 uh, if a goalkeeper... Uh, as as uh, as Craig says that, I believe him. I believe him because he wouldn't say that if he if he if he wasn't sure he would he would he would be able to stop it. You know he wouldn't say it. But it was an um, it, it was an absolute unbelievable strike. By the way, could you could you tell back then because that was Craig's first season as well playing European football and he he was in goal that night and kept a goal in in Bordeaux uh, and then at Tynecastle sadly lost lost two goals along with the rest of the defence. Could you tell back then that, that Craig had a right chance to be good? Uh, I think he was 18, 17, 18 when he... When he, 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 when he first came in, yeah, but, uh, he was 20 yeah. years old then. But when he played yeah. against Falkirk when he first came in, he was still a teenager, yeah. Teenager, yeah. Well, I mean, everybody, every, everyone could see that there was potential, right? Uh, tall, good hands, great, great uh, delivery of the ball. Right, because I, I actually speak about Craig when I speak about my uh, you know, when I speak to my strikers I, I speak about uh, I speak about him I'll tell you later on why um, uh, but everybody could see like there was something with him or uh, he had something in him you know uh, seeing his career you know falling now it's, yeah it's it's uh, he's done amazing well not amazingly well but he's done like really, really well for himself. I think he can look back on a great career. And he's still going. Still going, yeah. But, you know, uh, sometimes in football you meet people, like Craig was like very, very, very quiet as well. Very quiet guy. Very, he always wanted to learn. Very hard working. And when you are like that, you know, it will, it will always pay off. And I think it, will, I think it paid off. Uh, I, think, I think it paid off for, uh, for Craig as well. So finished your second season. You actually did get 15 goals again in, in all competitions, um, albeit okay. less in the <laughs> league. So not bad going. Um, helped Hearts to another third place and European football again. And um, third and final season. Now I'm going to jump straight into some European stuff again because Braga in UEFA yep. Cup, this is, this is another team that you're very well remembered for in terms of how you performed against them. So Hearts won 3-1 at Murrayfield. Yeah. Then a trip to Portugal came up um, yeah. uh, with a place in the first ever group stage of the competition up for grabs. Yeah. Talk us through the, 
the, that game, your goals, um, how it compared to Bordeaux, and were you, or how fit were you for the away game? Because you were a doubt, weren't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I think this was like, I'm, I'm not sure because I was, I had the same problem. Well, not the same problem, but I had a problem against Feyenoord as well. So I'm going to tell you something, but I'm not sure if that, if, I think we were playing midweek against um, Chris Boyd before he went to Rangers. I, played, I think he played for, 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 uh, for, um, Kilmarnock? For Kilmarnock. Yes, Killy. I think it was a cup game, right? Midweek. Uh, and then played them midweek and, and Hearts yeah. won 2-1 in the League Cup. Yeah, in September 2004. Yeah. So, but I tried to defend a ball and I just hit him underneath his studs. Right? I, I, I hit him underneath his studs. I'm, I'm not sure if, if this was before the final game or this was before it, the... It was before Braga. It was between Braga home and Braga away. Well, there you go. So, that was the thing. So, um, what happened was um, I had an injury on my foot, right? And then we flew to Braga. And then um, the morning uh, the, the morning of the game, I, I, couldn't, I couldn't put my foot into my boots. It, into my boots. And we, because we had a morning session, I couldn't. I, I, it, it, was, it was too sore. So I think I even done this session without laces in my boot, I think. And then, um, of course, uh, resting to, during the day. And then I had a, um, uh, an injection into my foot. And that must have been one of the most crucifying <laughs> uh, moments in my life. Because it was, that, was really, that really, really hurts. And then uh, I put my foot into the, in, into the boot. we done the warm-up. And then at the moment we had done the warm-up, uh, we went back. And then we went out to the pitch again. And then I think I had the first touch of the ball. And I didn't feel anything. So I didn't feel pain anymore. Then we played that game. Obviously, we played 2-2, I think. And we were through. Yep. That's, that's what I remember of, of the game. And I, I, <laughs> I remember the celebrations after the game. Braga never expected us to, to beat them. They were very arrogant at that time. Even the coach was a little bit arrogant in the, in the, in the, in the, in the newspaper on the day of the game. And I think uh, the gaffer made a, made a point out of showing us. I think he even, uh, I think he even had somebody translate the Portuguese paper. You know, and then, <laughs> and then, and then they read it out to us. Or something. I'm, not, I'm not sure about that, but there was something about the newspaper that, that the coach was... A bit, a bit arrogant, and we shouldn't be there or something. And we, uh, and and they were gonna put us, uh, put us out, and this and this and this. And then I just remember the, the look on his face when he was put out. You know, it was good feeling, good feeling. I think it was Jesualdo Ferreira uh, who, who was, yeah. who was the, the, the coach. Yeah. Um, the, 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 the away goal that they scored in Scotland gave them, gave them hope, but. Yeah. The two goals, especially when, when, when you'd equalized Jal Thomas. So that, that leveled things up with, with the away goals. And then yeah. when, when you went 2-1 up, it was a 4-5-1 yeah. that Craig played that night. Um, but Patrick Kisnorbo could kind of go back and, and make it a, a back five as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, 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 was a, it was a good side, wasn't it? With you leading the line, you had a bit more support from midfield than you did in, in Bordeaux. But, but kind of... Alan Mabry and, and Nielsen and Jamie McAllister playing and Kisnorbo and McFarlane. Not really superstars, well, they're not, but players that were team players, weren't they? And, and it, was, it was kind of, you were all in it together. Yeah, but that's, 
that's one more ingredient to 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 uh, to uh, to the Hearts team. Like like, uh, I mean, did we have any superstars in our team? I don't think so. I don't think we have mm. any superstars. I mean, obviously, I was getting some attention because I was scoring goals, but I'm not a superstar. I mean, I wasn't known for my goal ratio before I came to Hearts. I scored maybe I scored 15 or 17 goals in the Dutch second division. You know, okay, that's good, but. I think I think that's what that was one of the best things at at Hearts. We didn't have any superstars, and if we had players who thought they were superstars, somebody would say something about it. You know, yeah. like, no, 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 no. I, I I don't think we had any superstars in our team. No way. So the the Braga game away from home was the last game in yeah. September. October yeah. two thousand and four was a very interesting month because you missed out on a, on a trip home um, to face Feyenoord. That was yep. towards the end of the month, and then Craig Levine left. How disappointing, first of all, was was missing out on a, a game against Feyenoord with Ruud Gullit uh, as, the, as the coach in the club? I actually told that story uh, last week at, uh, at Dordrecht because we got a lot of... Uh, oh, that we, oh, we have a couple of players who played for Feyenoord. Uh, the thing is, uh, this was a discussion about... Uh, about uh, is this what you call comps, right? Uh, tickets for the game? Mm-hmm. Comps, yeah. Yeah, it comes right. So uh, mm-hmm. one of the players asked me for for my uh, for my tickets, and then uh, because he was saying I'm only I'm only uh, I'm only uh, bringing my family to games. If if you can imagine what happened to me when I went back to Holland after the seasons in 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 Scotland, you know I had like uh, 500 extra friends, you know wherever I went, and then uh, the game the, the game came up. Uh, against Feyenoord, so everyone <laughs> wanted the ticket. Everyone wanted the ticket. I remember buying 38 tickets. I think they were like 25, uh, 25 uh, pounds a pop. So 38 tickets you bought. <laughs> 38 tickets. And if it was, yeah, Mark, we're wow. coming to watch you. We're coming to watch you. Uh, in 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 the group was my uh, the, the were my two younger brothers as well, a couple of friends and a couple of people I I, I do know. But of course, I had to pay for those tickets uh, up front. <laughs> so I paid those tickets, and then the news came out I wasn't going to play. I think wow. only my two brothers were were at the game. So still got thirty six people who uh, <laughs> who owe me twenty five quid. <laughs> <laughs> nobody, nobody. No, Mark. No, no. I'm not sure if I can make it because you're not playing. I'm not sure if I can make it. All that stuff. So that's when I stopped uh, 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 giving comp. Uh, they're giving tickets to people uh, I randomly know. I've never done it again. Then, so at this stage, by, by the way, if, if you wonder yeah. why it's me asking the question, um, Laurie Dunsire has, has organized a plumber. So he's away getting his sink fixed. So it's, <laughs> it's, you, it's, it's you and me until you tell me that's it. We're, 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 I'm done. I oh, have to go no to work. I, so no please problem. feel free to say, like, that's it. I can't speak anymore. I need to go to work. Uh, until then, I'm just going to, I'm going to keep going with, with the Craig Levine departure because he got yeah. you in yeah. and then he went off to Leicester. Um, yeah. What do you remember about, about that time and losing the guy that signed you? Well, I never lost him because I knew uh, I knew I was going to come with him. I knew it. The day he left, I think he came into the, he came into the ground and then he left and then he that he said, make sure you keep your phone on. I'll, I'll, I will call you uh, at the end of the afternoon. So I knew he was going to call me. 
and I don't, I, I didn't know why he was going to call me. I just think he would, I, at the time I thought he was just going to say goodbye, but he wanted to speak to me personally or something. But then I, I even remember where I was, with who I was. I was there with um, Scott Seferin and with Alan Mabry. And it's, I was uh, in the restaurant. It's, what's, it's called Fishes. It's yep. um, Fishes. Well, yep. you know, it's one of two, right? Yeah, there's one fishes. down the shore. There's one down the shore and then there's one on Thistle Street, I think it is. That's the one. That's the one. We were there. Uh, and then the gaffer called me. He said, Mark, listen, uh, I finalized my move to Leicester. And I want you to come there in, in January. So I said, wow. And then uh, he said, I'll speak to your agent. And then uh, we'll, uh, if, if, if it's possible, we'll, we'll make it happen. That's, so, that's, that's what he said. That's what he said I, to me. I, yeah. I, I, and ultimately, he did. On the 6th of January 2005, you, you, would, yeah. you would move to, to Leicester. However, yeah. in between time, now you've been suffering from this injury and you hadn't played much. Then you got back in the team. Um, yeah. In December 2004, yeah. was, was there a chance to go to Queen's Park Rangers? Because Hearts rejected an offer for you. How, yeah. how aware were you of that? Oh, I wasn't aware of Queen's Park Rangers. I was aware of Southampton. I was aware of um, uh, this, this South Korean player, this legend. His, his name is uh, Boom Kun Cha, I think. Boom Kun Cha. Yep. He was a coach in South Korea. Mm -hmm. And I think they 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 uh, rejected the offer. I think it was about seven hundred fifty thousand. Southampton put in a bit as well, I think, and they rejected that one. I don't know how much it was, but uh, for me that that got confirmed because when we played Southampton with Leicester in the preseason game, uh, Harry Redknapp was the was the manager, and he said something about about me. Uh, that he couldn't get hold, of, that he couldn't get me uh, then, so that was confirmed to me. And I also know there was a bit from a Greece side where I, uh, it's Olympiakos or or the other one, uh, Pan Panathinaikos. Yeah, mm -hmm. I think it was where uh, the Rivaldo was playing. Yep, I think that might so, have been Olympiakos. Olympiakos. Well, they put in the bid as well. I know about that one. And just before I went to. Uh, John Lester, uh, Mick McCarthy came in. I think he was at Sunderland at the time. And he wanted to get me in on a loan deal. So before I would go to Leicester, I would spend six months at, 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 uh, on loan at Sunderland. I think he spoke to the Gaffer, but the Gaffer didn't want me to do it. So hmm. that's the interest I know of. I, I know of all the Premier League clubs except like Chelsea, Manchester United, uh, Liverpool, you know, the the the, the big guns. Uh, except for them, I think all the all all the clubs have looked at me, and I must have seen. I I I I could do something, but it must have not been good enough. You know, it must not really, it must have not been good enough. So no, so none of them took the chance, because there was a had chance you, for me to play Premier League, definitely. Had you given Craig Levine your word? Is that why you joined there, um, or or do you do you regret now? If you'd given him his word, then then fine. But do you regret with all the opportunities that you could have had that you chose Leicester? Or are you happy with the decision? No, no, no. It's just um, look. This is this is football, right? Um, this guy signs me, so he trusts me. And um, if he tells me, Mark, I'm going to try everything in my in my power to get you to Leicester, then. 
to me, that's a promise, right? And if somebody believes in me, then, I, then I'm going to be loyal to that person. Uh, I've been loyal to Greg uh, because he signed me a third time, you know, and I've done it again. And I've never regret any decisions I've made by signing for Dunn United or Leicester or Hearts. Uh, but at that time, uh, there, wasn't, there wasn't like uh, anything happening because, uh, of course, if, if Olympiacos, if the Olympiacos bid was, was, uh, was taken by, by, by Hearts, you know, uh, I had to speak to the gaffer. I would have to speak to him. Or mm. if the, or if the, because, because um, the whole Sunderland thing, he knew of that. He knew of it. Um, and I think the Southampton thing as well. But I, I, I'm not sure about Southampton in that period. I think it was before that. But maybe there was already a deal on the table when he left. Maybe, yeah. already, maybe he already uh, finished that deal for me to come off. I don't know. I, I honestly, I don't know. If I would know, I would tell you. But I don't know about it. Mm. Um, but I, I don't have any regrets signing for Leicester because that's, that's like... That's a massive club, man. That's a massive yeah. club. It's unbelievable. It's like, that's like, okay, we were playing like championship, but this was like playing in the Premier League, I think. I mean, I've never, obviously, I've never played in the Premier League, but what a club. What a setup. Well, unbelievable. As you know, this is our, our this is the 100th episode of, of Scarves Around the Funnel. Um, yeah. With the, the new co hosts, Mark DeVries and Mark Donaldson. Delighted to say we have a special guest. All the way from somewhere else in his house, having been away to deal with a plumber. Uh, we welcome to the show Laurie Dunsa. Laurie, how are you? Good, thank you. Appreciate having me on. <laughs> I'm very sorry. I said to the plumber after two, but um, obviously, uh, obviously that doesn't count for anything. So my apologies. Yeah. Um, no he, couldn't, he couldn't even fix anything. He has to come back next week. So. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> what did I miss? What did I miss, Mark? Or Mark, Mark, Mark? Mark was Mark was talking about missing out in Feyenoord, having to pay thirty six or thirty eight tickets at twenty five quid a pop to his pals that wanted to come and see him play against Feyenoord, and only his family members came, and still many people owe him twenty five quid, <laughs> leaving Hearts, losing Levine, but finding Levine again. And now, uh, now we're at Leicester in 2005. And I'm, I'm aware of time, because I know you do have a day job, as do we as well. So we'll try and yeah. get through this. But, Laurie, <laughs> you, can, uh, you, can, you can wrap us up and, and take us home. Okay, no problem. Well, um, I guess you've talked about leaving Hearts, so and you mentioned Dundee United in 2008. Did you ever, was there ever a time you came close to returning to Hearts? Was that ever on the table at any point? No. Um, no. I've... I will tell you this. Um, my f uh, one of the games, it was a cup game, I think. Yeah, it was. It was the game before the final, so it must have been half uh, <clears throat> semi-final against Hearts. That was the weirdest feeling I've ever had on a football pitch. I was playing against Hearts. That was like weird, like really, really weird. Wearing a different top, but playing against Hearts. That was the no. That that just it didn't feel right felt strange no it didn't feel right for us either no uh, it, it just it just it, it didn't feel right it didn't so what does the future hold for mark de Vries then what, what are your aspirations your your targets your aims now that you're you're in you're in the coaching game well for me personally like i mean i just want to get 
I want to know every trick in the trade. Like I want to, I want to be that assistant for a big coach. You know, uh, I don't have to be the head coach. I don't have to be in the spotlights or whatever. Let me be the guy um, who who, uh, who helps the players out on the pitch. You know, let me be the one who uh, who gives them uh, a shoulder to uh, a shoulder to 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 be to to help them out. You know. Uh, be be mad at the gaffer, you know. But tell me what's happening. I can I can relate to all those things, you know, and help them on the pitch as well. But okay, having said that, if if an opportunity would come up, of course I would take it, definitely. But for the moment, I'm just I'm just trying to be a good coach, you know, mm-hmm. a good assistant coach and a good head coach, um, and, and and see if I can make my way up. You know, I'm, I'm working for an amateur team now, uh, which is just just below a semi 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 professional so that's what i that's that, that, that's my short aim short term aim uh, semi professional that's what i'm looking for and then then we'll see what's happening or what's the, what will happening I'm, i mean i've worked in uh, china hungary Faroe islands oh that's i worked with i worked there with Morris ross you know uh, oh, okay. uh, yeah i was his assistant so so uh, I learned a lot from him, you know. I learn, I learn, I learn a lot because I want to learn. Morris is a great coach, by the way. You know, if there's anyone who's looking for the for the for the for the head coach, Morris Ross definitely in Scotland definitely. <laughs> I'm <laughs> I'm just saying. I I, I was with you as his assistant. <laughs> well, I'm not. I, I don't know, but but uh, obviously I had to I had to leave uh, the Federal Islands. Uh, because of the family, uh, but Morris is a very promising coach. I know he's working at Motherwell now, and um, if the, you know, this is a guy who knows his football, who knows his who knows his stuff. You know, uh, I was I was speaking to uh, Martin Foyle this week, and uh, uh, about Morris as well, and um, we were just at the at the at, at the UEFA A course. All the players would just get around the pitch if Morris was taking a session. You know, Morris was like, was like, like he was like on it. It was like really good watch, a really good watch. And then he would, he would say the things we already knew, but he would tell them different. Like he would like lay them out, and we would be like in awe, like, wow, yeah, this this guy is gonna be the next one. This is gonna be the next one, the next good coach. You know, and. Uh, I think he's. I think he's on his way. Uh, I think he's first team coach now. The, 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 am I right? I think so. Yeah, he's I first think team so. Coach. You, you think yeah. you know more than more than us on on Morris Ross? <laughs> no, but Morris. No, serious, serious. He's uh, definitely. He's gonna be. Uh, he's gonna be one of the top coaches in Scotland. I'll. I'll, I'll tell you that if he makes that transition. Hopefully, we at Hearts have one of the top coaches in Scotland as well. Robbie Nielsen, second oh, time definitely. around. Definitely. What, 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 are you, what are you hoping for? Um, same success as, as when he last coached in the championship with Hearts and they, and they won the oh. title? Look, um, for me, um, uh, of course, I followed the news, right? And then when Robbie uh, took the job and, and, and there was a lot of stick, you know, uh, uh, but People forget he took them up within a year, right? And mm-hmm. he took he took the job in a very difficult time. 
like the first time, right? It was very difficult. He took it, he done the job, and people were still people were still like 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 uh, not liking the way you know he did it or 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 uh, I just don't understand. You know, he makes the club successful at the time. Uh, I think he took him into second place as well in the in the Premier League. Did he? At the time of his departure, yeah. Yeah, well, that's an achievement. So, and and and, I mean, everybody has the right to an opinion, but uh, I think I think the sticky was getting. I don't think it was fair. I don't think it was fair. People just me. want things. That's to, me. Yeah, there's a lot of people like that, and only those that decided to hire a plane with a banner about Robbie Nielsen yeah. will know what, what, why they did that. But it's it, it's like. It, 10,000 people and 9,999 of them are, are happy. It's the one person yeah. who shouts when everyone else is silent that, that's heard. That's, that's life. That, that's the yeah. way it is. And that's, that's why you've got to have, you've got to be strong-willed. You've got to have thick skin. And, and Robbie has that. You had that there as, you go. As, as well. And, and that's why you've both done what, what you did in the game. Um, thank you so much for, for joining us. So one final question I want to ask you. Obviously, yeah. we had no idea... Uh, with the stories about um, the Budweiser and the party, so and it's great after the event that you you can tell them, and, and you 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 had the funny side of it and the serious yeah. side of it. Are there any other stories that you can tell us now that you couldn't tell the media when you played about Hearts? Uh, <laughs> about Hearts? You mean like the club, like or or or? Oh, not necessarily. If if, if there's something that you've You've always kind of kept to yourself, but you thought one day I'll tell that story. Or maybe when you moved on to, to Leicester, is there is there any funny stories that you can now tell about your career that you couldn't tell at the time? Yeah, we need, they, I think we need to do another episode then. <laughs> oh, oh we're, we're up for that. <laughs> no, I mean, I mean, of course, um, uh, there's there's there, there's a lot of stuff, and and and, and some is. Some is good, some is not good, um, but I, I would keep it to the footballing side and all that stuff. But uh, there's a lot of there's a lot of stuff. But I, I, I don't really think it's it's like it's like uh, very very important. <laughs> so, uh, no, it's just uh, what do you want to know, man? What do you want to know? And anything oh, funny, everything. anything funny. <laughs> you want everything, but that that's for episode two hundred in a hundred episodes time. But anything funny to do with hearts about players or anything like that? Um, you played oh, with Phil Stamp, so there must be oh, some stories. Stampy, oh, <laughs> played with Phil Stamp, and uh, oh, that's another one, by the way. Uh, remember, we played the cup final against Rangers. Yep, I was rooming with uh, Dennis Wyness. so we're we're uh, okay, we, no, so we're no, we're in the room together, right? And then um, we're just talking. Dennis Wyness is like a good figure. He's like funny. You, do you want an F bomb? He's like yeah. funniest. He's funny as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> he's honestly funniest guy, funniest guy you'll meet. But then that's he's like, funny because that surprises me. Just it, no, just it, but I don't know him. But just from he just didn't come across that way. But um, he's like know. he's like like really. Oh, we call it like dry humor. Yep. Yeah, yeah, dry humor, and that's that's Dennis Wines, and he's like a good character as well, you know. And um, so I'm. I'm rooming with uh, with Wines and uh, so all of a sudden, so oh, I mean I fall asleep. I think he falls asleep and I'm out. I'm out. I'm out. So uh, <laughs> uh, 
at three o'clock in the morning, I think I woke up, and I just and I just uh, I just looked. I don't, I don't know why I woke up, but I just looked uh, next to me, and uh, I see I see the I see the bed next to me is empty. So so the pillow is gone, you know the the doofy is gone. I think what's this? So I mean I'm not thinking anything. So I had to go to the toilet. So I I, I go to the toilet, and then all of a sudden I, I switch on the light, and I said, "Oh, Mark, sorry about that." So I'm looking in the, in the, in the bathtub. It's 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 Wynus. He's in the bathtub. <laughs> Wynus in the bathtub. I said, "What are you doing here?" He said, "Mark, I'm sorry, you were snoring." He said, <laughs> "So you were snoring?" I, I said, "What?" He said, no, "I said, why didn't you wake me up?" He said, "No, I didn't want to bother you." I said, "You're crazy. You're playing a cup final tomorrow, and you and you and you and you're sleeping in the." Uh, no, no, um, not the cup final, the, the, the semi-final. I said, semi-final, the semi-final yeah. Cup, yeah. Yeah, no, we playing the semi-final tomorrow and you're, and you're, uh, and you're, and you're sleeping in the bathtub. He said, yes, sorry, big man, I didn't want to, uh, I didn't want to wake you up. Said, you're crazy. <laughs> so that's, that's something stupid. I, I, I never would think of that. But, uh, the one about Phil Stamp, the next time, Mark, we meet, I'll take my old telephone with me and I'll show you, I'll show you the pictures. They're still in my phone. After the night out, Phil Stamps decides he's hungry. <laughs> so um, he says, "Come to mine, and um, I'll 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 make I'll make some food." So we're thinking like he's gonna put like the the, the frying pan on, right? <laughs> no chance. He's just the we in the house, and and uh, and he brings in the barbecue, like 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 the like the like a, a proper barbecue. He brings it in. He just. Uh, that we were looking like, is he, is, is he serious? Like, he's not going to do that, right? <laughs> no, sure, sure, sure he's not. Sure he's not. Yes, he is. So Phil just fires up the barbecue and he just puts the burgers on and everything he, he puts on, right? Of course, we never ate from the barbecue because the alarm uh, went off at like, at, at like 3 <laughs> at like three thirty in the morning. And we were trying to put the alarm off. With um with the with, with shoes, so, so I'm taking off my shoes and trying to hit the alarm, <laughs> missing it of course. But um, this is the house. I think he was. I think he was put out of his houses once, right? He was a messy bastard, wasn't he? Well, I'm not saying he was, he was messy, but well, he was. He, well, he was crazy. He was crazy just <laughs> putting him the barbecue in into. <laughs> well, no, but you don't put your barbecue into the living room and just fire fire it up. You don't do that. <laughs> We all we all knew what was going to happen. We all knew what was going, but we had an in-house barbecue. I will show you the pictures the next time I'm in I'm in Scotland. I've 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 got them on my old phone. It's unbelievable. Even if I if even if I look at them now, I think, oh my god, how did we get into that situation? Crazy stuff. Crazy stuff. <laughs> well, we started with we started with pre-match Budweisers, and we're ending with yeah. um, barbecues in the house. So, yeah, that. I, I, that's that's been brilliant, uh, Mark. I really appreciate. It. There's some great stories in there, and uh, you, you're more than welcome to come on if if we want to have to delve more into these types of stories. You know, you, you say it's not important, but the fans that's the kind of things that we like as well. Talk about the four goals. Oh, uh, one, one, one more than one more. Go for it. Go for it. <laughs> it's not, I mean, I mean, it's not. It's. Um, I mean, look. Um, it's it's Scott Sheffrin, right? Mm-hmm. Um. Uh, it, it was just, it was just a stupid, it was a stupid, stupid joke, a stupid joke. It was my 
my joke. It was stupid. Um, because he got in, uh, he got in trouble with his wife uh, about it. And, and it was my fault. It was just stupid. Andrea, I, I think she hated me for the, uh, I think she hated me for it as well. Uh, what happened was, like, it was like in the winter time, right? And the showers at at, at Pinky at the time they were like like they, they were like like uh, like boiling like boiling hot water, right? And then Scott is on the the Sefi is is under the shower, and I just put my nails into his back and uh, I, I scratched him on his on his back. It was like like uh, how can I say this? It was like. Like scratches on his back, right? So it would yeah. it, it would have looked like he was scratched uh, by a woman or something, right? And I feel sorry for saying it, but then he had to go home, and he he didn't even realize what. Well, he said, "Oh, stupid freeze! Uh, what are you doing?" So he went home, and he I think he completely forgot about the scratches on his back, but he couldn't. And then I think the wife just found out the scratch on the back, and he and and he was in trouble for it. And I feel I, I really felt sorry because it was just a stupid joke, but then he got in trouble for it, right? There was uh there was like like the stupidest thing I've ever done, I think, just to bring people into into trouble with a stupid joke. So Andrea, at that time, it was my bad. It was my fault. It was a stupid joke. I I apologize. I apologize for for being an idiot at that time. Sorry, Scott, <laughs> Sefi. I apologize for it. Sorry. <laughs> Which is stupid. I, I dread to think what his other half thought when um who made well, the scratches? Oh, it was Mark. <laughs> well, there you go. So it was just stupid. It was just stupid. And maybe you should just take this one out because no, I'm not no. sure if <laughs> I'm not sure if I should have told him, but it's just just stupid things. It was stupid things we do that we would do. Just, uh, but that must be part of what made you such a good team because, you know, you have that, I guess, that bond that you can have a laugh with each other and you do stupid things and that must have helped, I suppose. I know we're going back to what we spoke about before, but to be able to have that bond and have that banter, a good Scottish word yes. for you as well, banter, that, yeah. that must have helped just keep such a good team and keep you together so well. Yeah, but this, uh, um, when, you, when you finish playing, I think that's the thing you, you miss the most as a, as a player, you know, you miss the dressing room. That's that's something. If I'm explaining, like, even when I'm telling these stories to you now, you know, I think, oh, they don't think it's funny enough because they're not like, like you know, they must have been there. You know, you should sometimes you should have been there to understand the story. You know, it's just when I tell them like this, I go back to the I go back to the situation, and for you, it's just you have to uh, you have to uh, try to. Um, uh, try to understand the whole setup. I, mm. I mean, I mean, of course, my my English my English isn't helping because I cannot like tell it like uh, I cannot give you the whole like uh, uh, the whole um, the whole context of the whole context and all that yeah. stuff. But you know, uh, once you've been in a dressing room, you know the you know, you know the banter that's 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 being pulled off in the, the, the in the in the dressing room, and that's the one that, that's the one thing I, I miss most. Uh, just, just being crazy, just being crazy in the dressing room with the, the, the with the other players. The crazy Dutch—that's what they say. Well, probably, probably. <laughs> so, guys, you've you've been you've been with me for an hour and forty-five minutes now. A long time. <laughs> yeah, I did I say you actually, could. You, you can go at any point. <laughs> yeah, but but I actually arrived at the stadium. <laughs> 
So you, you've got to go to work, I, I imagine. I've, the players, the players are training by themselves. Um, thank, thank you so much for your time. We really appreciate. It. I, I was only hoping for thirty to forty-five minutes. So, to get your entire car journey has, has been a, a, a delight. And and thank you so much for a special episode number one hundred for us. We wanted a special guest. We've kept it quiet, and I'm delighted that you've been able to 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 be part of uh, of our special show. So thank you, Mark. You're welcome for that. Mark, um, let me know when you're back in Scotland. Uh, I mean, though you know we still speak on a, on a, on a regular basis. Of course. Um, so, so, so let me know when you're here. And if, I, if, I, if, if I'm able to, to, to come over, that will catch up. Definitely catch That'd up. And then, and then, and then uh, you know, uh, it, will, it will be good to see you again. And there's always the opportunity to come over here um, once the election takes place and we have a new president and he reopens the borders. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. We don't even have to go there, man. Let's, let's no. not get election. into politics <laughs> just now. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, no, Greg Lad. Speak soon. Thanks for your time, Mark. Really appreciate it. Thank you. And thank you. Uh, 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 nice to meet you. Uh, even yeah, it, you even too, if Mark. it wasn't in person. But uh, we'll meet someday as well. we'll I'm sure someday. we will. I appreciate your time. No worries. No really. Keep in touch. Speak soon. Thanks, okay, Mark. Okay, keep in touch. Bye-bye. 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 That was Mark DeVries chatting to Scarves Around the Funnel. And um, I have to say, I mean, I mean every ex-player we've had on, and to be honest, all the guests we've had on, they've all been terrific and they provided great entertainment and some stories, but have to, I did not expect that. You know, you get Mark DeVries on and you want to talk about the goals and maybe get a few lines um, that go well, maybe something that gets up the hibbies, that always goes down well. But I have to say, uh, Mr. Donaldson, um, that exceeded all expectations. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it did. And that was one of the reasons I wanted to try and get him on um, to Scarves Around the Funnel because he's not someone that appears um, in newspapers, online, on TV or, or, or on radio in Scotland at all these days um, because A, is not easy to get. So, so B, you get these stories, which very few of us, I certainly hadn't heard of, of any of them. I mean, the fact he was steaming drunk the night before he scored four goals well, against and he, Hibs. And he had a few the, a few the morning off. <laughs> a few the morning off. He, he forgot when, when there was a game taking place. He thought it was a, a Saturday when it was actually a Sunday. Now, not wanting to make light of, of, of that because he obviously realised that there were issues. And, and I think whoever it was that, that kind of found a way to get to Craig Levine via uh, either directly or via someone to say, look, Mark's been out the night before a game in a bar or, or whatever, or we've seen him and, and we're maybe a wee bit worried. And then for Craig to deal with it the way that he did at the time to say to Mark, look, this is unacceptable. Um, and then for Mark now to open up about all these things, because obviously he's not going to... Can you imagine if he'd said, if he'd said after the game, how oh, Mark, how do you feel? Four goals, blah, blah, blah. I said, yeah. Not, not like sobered that. up yet. <laughs> I, exactly. So, yeah, I mean, credit, credit all round um, for the way that, that that was handled as well. And, and for us to be able to, to hear those stories for the first time and, and for all our listeners to hear that. As, I mean, honestly, he's, I think it came across as well. He, he, he is shy. Even He's got a big presence, but he is shy. I remember right at the start, he didn't want to do the media and to do the radio. Um, the press was okay because you could get quotes, but from a radio and TV perspective, when he first joined Hearts, 
he didn't really want to do radio and TV because he, he, he does still have, but it's nowhere near as pronounced as he used to have, a stutter. And he was conscious of that and he was embarrassed by that. And we were trying to tell him, you don't need to be embarrassed by it, just be yourself. And we wanted to, all the journalists wanted to make him feel comfortable, feel at home. And it, obviously it didn't take long for, for that to happen. Um, but just the nicest, nicest guy. And, and a, a prime example is, is him saying he's still got the bottle of, of champagne that was given to him <laughs> um, for being the September player of the month in 2002. It's unopened. And what he wants to do in future is, is to auction it off for charity. That's the type of guy that Mark De Vries is. That's why he was such a, fan, a fan's favourite at heart with the goals that he scored, with the person that he was. And, and honestly, he'd give you his last tenor. Um, if he felt that you, you needed it more than him. Just a, a wonderful, wonderful guy. Um, and it's been, it's been a pleasure to have him uh, on the show over the past, however long it has been once it's been edited. It certainly has. And I don't think we need to add anything more because no. um, Mark's, uh, Mark De Vries, that is, has made it um, a really enjoyable episode 100, certainly for us and I hope for, for you guys listening. Thank you for tuning in. Um, we'll be back again next week, maybe talking about a Hearts game or looking ahead to Hearts games. But for now, uh, thank you for listening and uh, goodbye and all um, and all. Looking forward to the next hundred. This could be Rotterdam or anywhere, Liverpool or Rome, because Rotterdam is anywhere, anywhere alone, anywhere alone. Everyone is blonde and everyone is beautiful And when blonde and beautiful are multiple They become so dull and dutiful And when faced with dull and dutiful They fire red warning flares Battle cocky personality with red Rotterdam or anywhere, Liverpool or Rome, cause Rotterdam is anywhere, anywhere alone, anywhere alone.